Marvelites? Welcome to episode number 71 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of hand raising, uh, raising the roof, lifting our hands up like this, which you can't see, and Marvel news, Marvel information, comics, all kinds of good stuff. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. Excited to be here for another fantastic episode of This Week in Marvel. This is a crazy week for us. Crazy All week. kinds of stuff. So Our, much going on. My boss, John Cirilli, Vice President of Content and Programming, has left us yep. for Walt Disney World. He's spending a week enjoying baseball and uh, theme parks and food and good times. And we've got South by Southwest stuff this coming weekend, up. A lot of stuff. We'll talk wow. about that later. Iron Man 3 trailer, which yep. my phone will go off in about 45 minutes if yep. we're still recording the podcast. Ooh. And then... You'll hear me go, all right, guys, i got to do this thing. We're going to keep rolling when that happens. Yep. Just giving just you a heads up, Benjamin. Go on it. And on top of all that, we've got Elaine with us. Oh, no. Yes, hi. Yeah, that's the capper. <laughs> you got to build. Yeah. The most exciting news of all. Yes. But if you're just joining us on the podcast, we're going to go through all the new comics for the week, print and digital. Then we're going to talk about collections. We're going to go into new releases, then news. A ton of news today. A ton of news. Then to your questions and comments. While you're listening, if you want to send a question or comment for a future episode, just tweet using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Let me jump in there real quick to say a lot of you have been asking, what are you guys going to be doing for Age of Ultron in terms of podcasts? We are starting Age of Ultron podcast this week. It will be with Tom Brevoort and a rotating guest. This week it's assistant editor Jake Thomas, Jake the Snake Thomas. Oh, and yeah. If you want to ask questions for that, we will be shooting up on our Twitter how to do it, but if you hear it here... Just tweet this week in Marvel AU. So this week in Marvel AU for all Age of Ultron related questions, and we will get them to Tom, to Jake, whoever else is joining us in the coming week. Should be very exciting. Fun fact: Jake Thomas is from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Shut up. Yeah, he is. No way. He's not. He may be. Let's ask. We'll, you know we'll what? Have him into, I'll ask him. That'll be my first question. Jake the Snake Roberts Friday. isn't even from Stone Mountain, Georgia. What? Which I found out on the oh, Age of no. Wrestling podcast. No, why? Shattering everybody's realities. With that, we're going to go right into comics <laughs> for the week with A plus X number five. Great transition. This is, I, all right, yesterday I said to Ben, yep. oh my God, I love this book so much. I was totally flabbergasted to find out it's an ongoing I just rolled my eyes, continued doing what I was doing. As it I made me do. so happy. Because Not because I don't like the book, because I'm just astonished that I don't know everything. Uh, back in the day, we had Marvel Comics Presents, and I loved it as an anthology. You got three or four stories every issue. We don't have that anymore, but what we have is A plus X, which is two stories, one featuring an X-Men character, uh, two stories with an X-Men character and an Avengers character teaming up for... What reason? We don't know. Every issue it changes. Every issue the stories change. So in this one, we've got Iron Fist and Dupe by Catherine Eminen and David LaFuente, the Hellcat creative team and just amazingness. And then Loki and Mr. Sinister by Kieran Gillen and Joe Bennett. And it was just terrific top to bottom. Iron Fist and Dupe was hilarious, super crazy, super weird. Uh, it, it was cool because it was told in... Like this weird chrono chronological way, uh, but it totally worked. I wish I had a dupe translator with yeah. me at all times because there's tons of dupe speaking here, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. But Iron Fist gets it, and I want to see the story where Iron Fist learns to speak dupe, just like I want to see the story where Wolverine learns to speak dupe. But is see, the way I always look at dupe is yeah. he's like Chewbacca. Everybody understands him except us. 
You don't know what that under- means. What is you don't understand Chewbacca don't know or Star what Chewbacca Wars. Chewbacca is. Yeah. Number two, I feel like yeah, no, you're right because everyone everyone, everyone knows relates to him. That's what I th- really and weird. that's part of the beauty of it. It's he's just he. Everybody understands him except us. You got to go back. There are ways to translate it. I just haven't had the time to. Yeah, they're like they were on letters pages and ecstatics back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Let me go ask Axel. I'm not going to. He's busy. Yeah, he's very but busy. I'm next sure. Time I see him. Well, there has to be a script with dialogue. We yeah. can actually ask for Catherine's script. I'm sure. Well, Nick uh, Lowe edits the book. Yeah. He's right next door. Maybe we'll bring him in. later Maybe we'll in the bring podcast. him in. Uh, but there's hugging. There's eating. There's punching. There's all kinds. All of All the good things stuff. you love. It really is. I love all that stuff. And yeah. then in the second story, we get. Uh, Mr. Sinister and Loki in just a terrific, super fun story. So crazy and weird and gross at times. Uh, this is hands down one of my favorite issues of the year so it was far. A throwback to Kieran Gillen's Thor run. Totally. Way, way back. Yeah. So it was very cool. Lots stuff. of good stuff. Yeah. Great series over there. Over in Age of Apocalypse, number 13, it's the prelude to extermination, written by David Lapham, art by Renato Arlem, with bookends by Valentin DeLandro. Basically, on either side, you've got Nightcrawler, Age of Apocalypse, Nightcrawler, who we just saw an Astonishing X-Men last week, trying to find a way to get back to his home dimension, unaware of the chaos that's going to create. Well, back in his home dimension, a lot of big stuff has happened. Weapon Omega has been defeated, and we see the fallout in this issue, what it means for the exterminated, what it means for Jean Grey, what it means for Wolverine, Cyclops, uh, Monet, Penance, all the various Age of Apocalypse cast members. This book, I've said from the beginning, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's that big cast following a whole world as opposed to just one or two characters, and this was a cool overview as we head into Extermination. Another age began this week, and this was a big one, one we've been preparing for for years, and that is Age of Ultron, kicked off with number one. Uh, this book is going to be coming out like five times a week. Um, we're going to have 85 issues. Now, it comes out three weeks out of the month for the next few months. So it's going to become Fast and Furious. And it's by Brian Michael Bendis and Brian Hitch, who have been preparing for this for a long time. Uh, Brian Hitch has all these pages in the can, and Brian Hitch's art is gorgeous. Cinematic. How many times can you say Brian Hitch in one 30-second span? Uh, More than I just did. I'll tell you that much for free. But... (laughs) Brian Hitch really worked his tail off on this, and I was impressed with what Brian Hitch did. No, in all seriousness. You know, you remember Brian Hitch's widescreen work from Ultimates, all the big stuff he's done. This is right in there, and all the all, all the things, just seeing this, this futuristic world. I mean, let me, let me drop you into it. This starts with Ultron has already taken over the world. Uh, we've kind of had the premise out there for a while, but when you really see it, you open up to page one, New York is in rubble, our heroes are scattered, and this issue is sort of an introduction to this world. It is Hawkeye on a rescue mission trying to save a fellow Avenger from some low-level villains. And it's really just showing you a backdrop to what has happened now that Ultron has taken over everything. The action is great. Uh, the new ruthless Hawkeye is cool as hell. The villains, everyone, seeing the reality they're forced to live in is very dramatic. And really, for me, a lot of the big stuff happens... After Hawkeye has already completed his rescue mission, and we see what happens when someone defies Ultron, and then he meets up with the rest of the Avengers, we see what's become of them, and just the absolute desperation and fear they're living in is palpable, it's powerful. This is a story Bendis has been waiting to tell. This is only the first chapter. Read some of the scripts coming up. There's really, really big stuff to come from Brian Bendis as well as Brian Hitch, artist. Um, Brian Hitch is going to be doing the first few issues. 
And then after Brian Hitch concludes, you can be handing off some other artist, but really enjoy great stuff from Brian Bendis as well as Brian Hitch. But it's a very powerful, emotional, moving first issue with a bleep load of action and really, really big stuff. And Brian Hitch. All right, over to all new X-Men, number eight, written by Brian Michael Bendis, again. And art by David Marquez, with amazing colors by Marte Gracia. Uh, this one has Angel and Angel doing some fun stuff, teaming up. and It sounds like a show that should be on yeah, it ABC should have been, Family or something. Or, or it could have been on in the 80s. Yeah, that's yeah. more like Angel it. and Angel. Uh, yeah, detective agency. Totally. They're trying to work out who each other is, and there's some really fun stuff. But it gets to the to the emotional core of what's going on with the original X Men kids and being in this uh, present time. It's a lot of fun stuff, uh, and then you get a great interaction between the Avengers and the X Men. Some fun stuff with Kitty Pride and Iceman, uh, Scott Summers, the young Scott Summers coming up having a great moment. David Marquez is a master of facial expressions throughout this issue. Really fun stuff. you got to look at the details of each panel, too. He's incredible. Really, really good. And we get uh, a final page with some crazy Jean Grey stuff. Oh, yeah. I love what they're doing with these kids because they're taking them on this totally new direction. It's, it's a lot of fun. Over to Avengers number 7, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Dustin Weaver and Justin Ponsor, I believe. I don't have the full credits in front of me. But uh, crazy stuff with these with uh, Nightmask and uh, the impending doom of all this crazy stuff that's coming to a head. The white event hits, and we get uh, a good sense of what that means. Not all of what it means, but we're starting to piece things together, and we get the introduction of a star brand, which freaking cool stuff. I love it. I geeked out, and the good thing is, if you've never read uh, the New Universe books or New Universal, you don't need to know anything. It's really just starting these chapters and putting these things into place here for the first time. I will say the point where Hickman zigs where you thought he was going to zag in this issue totally yes. got me. It was great. I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You're going to have to read it to find out. And also, you know what? Dustin Weaver is a slow, methodical artist, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. Yeah. His, his pencils on this book are insane. Yeah, very, very good stuff. Really good. More in the world of Marvel now. Cable and X-Force, number five, written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Salvador LaRocco with colorist Frank D'Armada. This is the aftermath of Cable and the new X-Force's first mission, where they got in a heap load of trouble because they got framed by who knows who quite yet. Uh, what's that? I didn't say anything. Did you, you say something? No. Okay. They got framed by, we have no idea, and they were made to look like terrorists. It seemed like they killed all these people. In reality, they were trying to save them from a future event that Cable had seen, and it went all belly up. It's kind of three separate threads throughout this issue. You follow Cable, who has this awesome opening scene where he's riding with this like old man biker gang through Arizona somewhere, Taking a motorcycle. I love he's driving a motorcycle with this big, giant, unwieldy cyborg hand. And he's got this, this old dude. He's wearing a bandana. Just perfect. Cable goes on a few different journeys this issue. He hooks up with Hope again. They yell at each other. That's fantastic. And then he has another future vision. But the other two plots are Colossus and Domino. Kind of blown off steam. If you know In what I sense, mean. I do. Elaine doesn't. She didn't no, get not that. She's not, not, old, not, <laughs> she's, she's not old enough yeah, for that yet. Do not. We'll, t- we'll have the talk later. Um, or you will not. I, whatever. You'll have the talk with somebody else. 
Get with Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. God <laughs> this is all spiraling. God help control. you. Cable and X-Force. So, yeah, Domino and Colossus have some fun. And there's, there's some nice character stuff, though. See why Domino is just a cool, fun character. And Colossus is the hero that he is. But my favorite part of the issue is the ongoing rivalry between Dr. Nemesis and Forge, where they're competing in various games of technological wits matching that ends with Dr. Nemesis mutating a scorpion into a giant mutated scorpion so he can fight Forge's uh, makeshift junkyard robot it's like great. it was Robot Wars or something, and it's awesome. And then by the end of this issue, Cable comes up with a mission statement for his team, and we find out who's in, and we find out who is not so in. Over to Castle, A Calm Before Storm, number three, written by Peter David, pencils by Robert Atkins. Uh, you know, I've not seen the, sto- the, the show, uh, Castle, but I know that this is set in the books that Castle writes. Um, so this is the fictional, fictional thing of the whatever. Whatever. It's hilarious. It's actually super fun. And when I see the, uh, the main character of this book, the um, Storm fellow, Derek Storm, he is, I hear, in his, I hear in my head his voice as done by Nolan North, who has done Deadpool for us, who's done a million voices, an amazing voice actor. But then I hear his voice as Derek Storm, and it just takes it way over the top. It's super fun. I love this book. It's it's weird because I've never watched the show. Daredevil and Divis number six. Man, I'm just loving this series, and it just keeps chugging along. I, I when I, we first started Daredevil and Divis, I'm like, oh, it's eight issues. This is going to be around for a while. Really going to be able to savor it. I can't believe we're already on issue number six. This is one of the first books I read when we get a new issue on our sack because I'm so hooked on this mystery uh, in this not so far off future that Ben Yurk's trying to unravel the death of Daredevil, what Mapone means, all this other stuff. When we last left Ben Yurk, he had gotten thrown out a window by Bullet. You got something to add? Nope, not for this. Right. Not for this. Right. Go. Mental note, mental note. He got thrown out a window. In this issue, he gets saved on this awesome splash page uh. by uh, Klaus Janssen and Bill Sienkiewicz, where Daredevil, who we thought was dead, but this is a new Daredevil, comes and saves Ben Yurk. Ben Yurik gets back to his investigation. He has a moment with his son where they talk about the nature of heroes, whether killing's right, whether killing's wrong. Uh, and then Ben Yurik goes and interviews some more of Daredevil's cast. In this case, he talks to the owl. He talks to the purple man. And there's still a figure stalking the background. But I just love the mystery that Brian Bendis and David Mack are creating, this larger kind of tapestry. This is what I love about these kind of like alternate world stories where we get to explore various uh, parts of the Marvel Universe, a corner of the Marvel Universe. And I also cannot say enough good things about the art in this book. Klaus Janssen is proving every bit why he is the legend he is. Bill Sienkiewicz is adding so much to it. And you get these occasional pages from Alex Malev, from David Mack, that are just gorgeous. This is a pretty book. Um, Once this is done, all eight issues are out. It's going to make such a good collection. I'm super psyched for that. Yep. Uh, over to Iron Man number seven, written by Kieran Gill and art by Greg Land, Jay Lyston, and Guru Effects. You've got Iron Man, who's a prisoner of the Voldy. He hangs out with a snarky-ish lawyer who's actually a Rigelian recorder android yes. robot thing. Is that a character that's been established before? Recorders are, there's like a whole race of them going way back to like the 60s or 70s. They're just, they're just 
There's millions of them. Cool. Millions. But there, there's never been this rogue one. I don't think they. this particular recorder has been introduced. Cool. There was a recorder in Forceworks, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's modern day classic, who had his own personality, but I think this is a different gotcha. recorder. All right. Uh, so you've got Tony Stark dealing with this Rigelian recorder who's trying to help him escape. Uh, amidst all that, Tony has to basically fight his way out of this prison, prove his worth. Gladiator style. Yeah, it's terrific. And we get uh, the introduction oh, of geez. our very own favorite character, Deathhead. Twice in two weeks. It's incredible. Deathhead, Deathhead been, shown up. He's shown up elsewhere in the past couple of months. He's, come, he's, he's on a bit of a comeback. Well, Kieran Gillen loves him. because yeah, he he's British. In, well, yeah, he's British, but also he used him in Sword. Yep. Uh, I think he's used him before. So, yeah, Deathhead... From what I understand, plays a big role in Iron Man coming up in the next few. You know months. what this means, though. What? Hopefully, we'll get a Death's Head collection soon. I want to know where Death's Head Two is. We've talked about this many times, Ben. I want to know where Death. Do we not own Death's Head Two? Sure, we do. But no where one cares about Death's Head Two except us. I care about Death's Head Two. All right, whatever. Hitting the road on Route Six One Six. Ugh, hate that All term. Right, so otherwise, yeah. That brings me to a point I meant to make last week. I yelled yeah. about. 616, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Actually, the past couple weeks. Six yeah, one, Earth 616 has shown up like four times this week I in pe- various books. I know, people are trying to, they're they're trying trying to, to use get it. to us. And, but we as an edit- the editorial staff was like, no, we want to not, we want to get away from it, yet it keeps showing up. There are rogue members of the editorial staff who oh. I know love using the term 616. The reason why we try to stay away from it is if you have someone who's just getting into comics and mm-hmm. they say, they see... Earth 616, it's very alienating. It's cool if you like, you know, all the alternate things and you can keep track of it, but we want people to get brought into comics in an easy way. Having this barrier of entry of, oh, there's all these infinite Earths and all this other stuff, it can be a little daunting. And I noticed noticed that the people who edit Red She-Hulk, number 63, which are about to talk about, who've done this Route 616 storyline, conveniently left out a credits page, so I can't call out the editors... (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it's John Moisen and uh, Mark Paniccia. So monsters. Just horrible human beings. Anyways, this is written by Jeff Parker, art by Carlo Pagulain and Wellington Alves. Uh, we've got colors by Val Staples. And it is the continuing kind of on-the-run, on-the-lam deal with Red She-Hulk and Machine Man running away from government operatives. This time they're going up against S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a cool Bruce Banner cameo in here. There's some stuff with Captain America. These guys are trying to hook up with Nikola Tesla from Jonathan Hickman's S.H.I.E.L.D. series, but a lot of obstacles being thrown in their way. Great art in this book. Uh, it's called Route 616, so I'm not thrilled about it, but, you know, you should still give it a try. A cool cover by Francesco Francavilla. Yep. Road to Oz, number six, wraps up this limited series for the Oz books. Eric Shano. Eric Shanauer and Scotty Young. Uh, it's great. You get more cameos from characters from previous Oz books. And uh, we're going to be coming up on uh, another book called The Emerald City of Oz, launching in July. Also, Santa Claus is on this. I like oh, that yeah? guy. He's got good style. Santa Claus. Yeah, you should dress more like Santa Claus. I should. Superior Spider-Man, number five, written by Dan Slott, art by Giuseppe Camuncoli, inked by John Dell and Giuseppe Camuncoli, color art by Edgar Delgado and Antonio Fabella. This is part two of the Massacre story arc, where Massacre, this crazy villain who cannot feel things, he's like a super high-functioning sociopath or something, he, uh, with a metal plate in his head, has come back, 
He's taking a bunch of people hostage. He's a nasty character, and Doc Ock Spider-Man doesn't have as much patience as Peter Parker Spider-Man. So he goes after this dude. It's kind of cool to see his plans and his weapons, how he approaches the situation differently than Peter Parker might. Uh, he meets some new characters who help him out. Very intriguing new character who is his tutor. Um, and ultimately, we get a standoff between Spidey and Massacre that is going to change everything for Superior Spider-Man. It's going to lead right into the next arc where he must deal with the Avengers who have some questions for our superior friend. Over to Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 22, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett is, was Joe also all over the place, man. It's great stuff, too. Coming back, it it's is. It's awesome. Uh, in this, we get the introduction of a new generation of Ultimates with Ultimate Vision, Ultimate Quake, Ultimate Tiger, Ultimate Wonder Man. Cool stuff, uh, which goes horribly wrong. <laughs> and uh, we, we get... California being total jerks, uh, as they are wont to do. Classic yeah. California. Classic California. The Infinity Stones or gems or whatever they're calling them get the, there's a new wrinkle to that. It's kind of it's different from what so we see. The universe have Infinity Gems we don't have in the regular. Marvel they talk universe? about at least having eight, and we only have six. Now mind. we only have one, right? Most of them exploded. One yeah. disappeared. Yeah. <sighs> whatever. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's then, weird because even though we don't technically live in either of the universes, I'm like, I feel like the Marvel Universe is our home team. So when the Ultimate Universe has stuff we don't, I'm like, freaking Ultimate Universe. Yeah. And taking we'll, our Infinity Gems. What was that Ga- Galfarf character that Ben's... Gandalf? No. Uh, Glafard? Geldof? Geldof. Geldof. Who's Gandalf? Why do I know that name? Shop. Just stop. Just stop it. Don't make fun of my Lord of the Rings obsession. Uh, And then we get a cool introduction of another ultimatized character, which is just terrifying and creepy. Really cool stuff. Over to Venom number 32, written by Colin Bunn, with great art by Declan Shalvey. Easy for you to say. Shut up. (laughs) Awesome colors by Lee Lowridge. Uh, You just got lots of fun, happy times with Flash Thompson here. Uh, Just, you know... Hanging out in Philadelphia, being a, a cool dude. Oh, no, Thompson's fight, most depressing yeah, character. It's, it's fighting monsters, dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff, and then Eddie Brock starts to come back into the picture, and that can never be good. How much of Flash Thompson just being down on his luck and just depressing do you think comes from who edits the book? Projecting. <laughs> Stop with the Tom Brennan. Come on. It's a legitimate the question. The Tom Brennan-ness of it all is just too much to bear. It's like Game of Thrones. So anyways, wrapping up this week, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of saving the best for last year because I freaking love this issue. Winter Soldier, number 16, written by the new team of Jason Latour with art by Nick Klein, and I am in love with this book like crazy. It is refocused with Bucky, the Winter Soldier, going on missions for Nick Fury. It is a larger scope thing where basically he is trying to atone for some of the things he did back when he was a rogue Russian agent. And in this particular issue, he is hooked up with a S.H.I.E.L.D. deep cover guy who was undercover in Hydra for years. Unbeknownst to S.H.I.E.L.D. deep cover guy, Bucky killed his handler, who was also his lover way back in the day. So he is trying to help him resolve some stuff, and in the process he finds out that Nick Fury has set him on a path to undo even more problems with his past. So we have Bucky and his man here going after uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's, it's a school for like it's a school for training child assassins the likes of which we've seen in the Marvel Universe before but it's freaking crazy. He's trying to track down the daughter of another guy he killed and they end up in this 
sick school where the kids have taken over and they're beating up this guy called Master Murder Mouth, who is this drill sergeant dude with all these tattoos and like a Jaws mouth. And Bucky comes in and fights him in this awesome fight sequence. And then the kids don't know what to do. And it's just sick. But the art in this book is so good. Nick Klein, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with his pre-Winter Soldier work. I know he's been around. But he is blowing my mind with stuff like the opening sequence, where it's a flashback all done in like whitewash uh, to show the, the, the winter and snow of it all. And then the way he divides up these uh, introductory pages for the credits... The cool way the letters are done by Joe Caramagna, and the way Nick Klein draws these characters, so they're so dark and gritty. It reminds me a little of Sean Phillips, but making it totally his own. And the fight scenes, he'll just break a page down into like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven panels or more with these sound effects drawn in, with every punch, every pummel. It's just incredible. It's all building this larger mystery. It's a great Nick Fury scene. Jason Latour is pacing this perfectly. This is like one of my new favorite books, and it came out of nowhere to be it. So Winter Soldier number 15 is definitely still available. just came out. I highly recommend picking up Winter Soldier's number 15, 16, jumping in. This is a great book if you like superheroes, if you like spies, covert stuff, black ops, great art, kid assassins, and uh, guys with metal jaws. All here in Winter Soldier under this cover by Declan Shelby. All right, now it's time to pick our Tombs of the Week. For me, A plus X number five, Age of Ultron number one. Those two just stand, for me, above everything else. Yeah, Age of Ultron number one is just uh, so long in the making, and all the effort put in just really shows off. And then, as you probably just could tell, I was really enamored of Winter Soldier, so I'm going to throw Winter Soldier into the mix, too. I want to get that book all the play again. Word. Over to collections on sale this week. We've got Avengers Infinity Classic Trade Paperback, Kick-Ass 2 Prelude Hit Girl Hardcover, Marvel Zombies Live Trade Paperback, Spider-Man Dying Wish Premier Hardcover, and Ultimate Comics Iron Man Trade Paperback. Okay, the comics available on the Marvel Comics app this week, in addition to all the new releases we just discussed, are Amazing Spider-Man issues number 37 through 39 from the 1999 volume, a whole smattering of the original Uncanny X-Men series, including issue number 162, 205, 268, 416 through 420, and that is all. The original volume of Wolverine, we've got issue number 75, Classic Fatal Attractions, and then we've got issues 119 through 122. Bunch of World War Hulk after Smash, we've got the full Damage Control Limited series, as well as the full Warbound Limited series. Then in collected editions on the Marvel Comics app, we've got Civil War, Wolverine, Dokken, Dark Wolverine, Empire, great collection, Daredevil by Bendis and Believe, Ultimate Collection, Volume 2, Marvel Knights Spider-Man, Volume 2, Venomous, and finally Uncanny X-Men by Karen Gillan, Volume 2. Okay, we're going to jump over into the freshly digitized comics for this week, available on the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited section of Marvel.com. The big one, we've got Avengers vs. X-Men number one, is now available on MDCU, so oh. that is huge a bunch of stuff from the original iron man series we've got issues 26 through 38 number 54 number 61 number 84 number 93 112 and 113 119 and 130 through 137 and that is 
really to start filling in gaps. That's a mm-hmm. big project that we know MDC user MDCU users. Kind of like that MDC users. Yeah, really want to uh, see done. We're filling in the gaps, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. And of course, we got an Iron Man movie coming out. So, what better series to start with than the original Iron Man? And some really good stuff in there. Some classic uh, Leighton Michelini stuff and other really good issues. We've also got Marvel Adventures Spider Man number four. Issues number 9 through 11 of the 12. Issues number 13 through 13.3 of Venom. So that circle of four storyline. And X-Men Legacy number 265. All right, time for news. Ben, what do we got? Like we said, we got a lot of stuff this week. We mentioned earlier we have South by Southwest this weekend. And at 1 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, we are going to be announcing a ton of comics-related stuff and more. We've been showing some teasers this week. A lot of people have been guessing. Uh, you will never believe what we've got in store. We'll have more teasers coming throughout the week, but really, stay tuned to Marvel.com. We're going to have everything immediately right as it comes in this Sunday afternoon. We're going to have a lot of stuff. Age of Ultron, of course, kicked off this week as we discussed the issue already. We've been exploring the history of Ultron, and we also had Ultron take over the site. So that was very interesting, I assume, because it's Tuesday right now. But I bet it was crazy. In the world of Marvel now, I talked to Rick Remender about Apocalypse's role in Uncanny Avengers. Tim O'Shea has been speaking with Jason Aaron about the origin of Gore the God Butcher in Thor, God of Thunder. And just last week, we had a great series uh, with Paul Cornell talking about Wolverine, unspooling some of the stuff that's going to be going on in that series. Speaking of Q&As, we talked to James Asmus this week about Gambit. Uh, We had actually Elaine, who's here attended an event with Iron Man meeting Blue Ear. Yes, I did. Can we talk a little bit about that for a sec? Yes. Um, so we had Anthony, um, who has a hearing, a, hearing, a hearing impaired disease caused by his chromosomes um, when he was a baby. So um, he met Iron Man, and as well as all the other kids, members from the center, the hearing center here in New York. And they all got coloring books and ate pizza and had nuggets. And it, it was cute because as soon as Iron Man came in, they were like, Iron Man, like, Iron Man. They were, like, walking up, and he's like, oh, Iron Man, can you fly? And the guy's like, no, because it's not a real costume. So it was, it was really cute. It was a really, really nice time. Did you get any pizza or nuggets? Yes, I did. Well, not <gasps> nuggets because I'm vegetarian. Oh, yeah, well then. But, but you I had, had pizza. pizza. Yes. That's what, that's what the listeners wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> but Elaine did a great article all about that, all about our work with Phonak and uh, working with the hearing impaired community, a poster we did, lots of cool stuff on Marvel.com. And you can see uh, photos from that on Marvel.com, mm-hmm. on the Trades Janitor blog on Marvel.com, on our Tumblr. Uh, and, you know, if you want to learn more about the Blue Ear and everything about yep. Anthony Smith, I believe Anthony. his name is Anthony Smith, um, he's really inspirational, cool yep. story. He came in. I know, I was super week. busy that day and I didn't get to meet him. I gave him some of my toys. Good. Blake gave him a comic and he was like, that's pretty cool. Then I gave him some of my toys and got really excited and it was awesome because I got to do good and I also got to beat Blake. So it was like... Win-win. It was fantastic. Yeah. Finally, we had a first look last week at a trio of X-Men covers. What's coming out in June for Astonishing X-Men, Gambit, and X-Men Legacy. All right, so Ben talked about the South by Southwest stuff and something that broke early was Marvel Unlimited. News, news, news for that. The service has evolved from Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited to Marvel Unlimited. With that, we are adding an app. 
which is free to use for anyone, but subscribers to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited have full access to the entire library, the archive, whatever you want to call it, 13,000 plus comics. Take it wherever you go. You can download uh, about six comics to read offline at any given time. Once you read them, you can, once you download them, read them on the subway, read them on the plane, read them wherever, then, you know, remove them from your device, download Next 6, and it's going to be uh, a big thing. We know this is what people have wanted. We've been working on this for a very long time, and this is just the beginning. There's lots more going on with Unlimited. I'm, for one, extremely excited for this, having been here for the launch of Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited and to see it evolve the way it has, and to know what's coming, because there are more things coming. Guys, if you want to find a time to get into the service, now is the perfect time. Do it now. That's all i got to say about that. Over to Marvel Avengers Alliance. Uh, there was the one-year anniversary this Friday. really been playing this game for a year? A year. Wow. It's crazy. So much time spent. So- <laughs> really, I think we would get uh, we would get a talking to if anybody knew how much time we spent playing the game at work. But that's Good. all right. I'm glad you mentioned it on our podcast. That's all right. We're we're talking. It's a Marvel work thing. We're actually promoting the game and helping uh, drive profits for the company. Hooray! Hooray so, for us! Yes. So uh, anniversary stuff. They released a bunch of uh, gifts, some weapons. They brought back some costumes. I know Mockingbird was out there for people who didn't get her the first time. All kinds of stuff. So it's it's pretty great time if you had the, the money and the CP and all that good stuff. Uh, additionally, Captain Britain was recently released. And man, he's a, he's a humdinger of a character. He's a beast, man. He's great. Uh, I tried him in PvP for a little while. I don't have him leveled up quite enough yet. But even at like level 3, he was destroying people. Yeah, I started him at level 7 in PvP. And this morning when I came on... He, my team had gone up 37 points in PvP, and I'm in adamantium level right now. It was ridiculous. I don't know how that's happening. He's, he's so a he, monster. While I love using him, he's got to be nerfed. they got to balance him out a little bit. But for now, get him. Yeah. you got to get Captain, America, Captain Britain if you want to get in on the good stuff. He's really fun. And there's some more stuff coming. Uh, I sent this to Ben or last week. Uh, next spec op stuff, new characters, all the things that are coming. I mean, they're just, they don't stop with the game. It's great. All right, we're going to kick it over to Mark for more. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com associate editor Mark Strom coming to you from currently dark Los Angeles because it is night as I record this. But it was kind of a chilly day today. There's your weather update for the Los Angeles area for today and this week in Marvel. Now, moving on to some Marvel movie news. We, of course, had the big Iron Man 3 trailer, the second trailer debut, showing off a lot of very, very cool stuff. Uh, My favorite, of course, is that end shot where you get to see multiple Iron Man armors flying in to save the day. You uh, get to see even more of the Mandarin and hear even more of the Mandarin, which I love Ben Kingsley, what he is doing with that whole role. And I think this trailer really gives you a sense of the tone of this movie, too, and the arc of it. 
and just what is at stake for Tony and how high the odds are and how much the deck is stacked against him. So that was very cool. We also showed off another new poster featuring Tony and Pepper embracing, well, sort of embracing, embracing as they sort of look like they are about to get ready to attack some people that are attacking them off in the distance that we can't see. So as much of an embrace as you could have, I suppose, on like a battlefield, and we'll go with embrace. It's a great shot. It's actually probably one of my favorite of the new posters that we have been releasing. I know we've released five now. I think this is our sixth in the past two or three weeks. Of course, we've got the Iron Patriot character poster, the Mandarin character poster, the Aldrich Killian character poster, the Pepper Potts. Uh, character poster, and then of course the main poster that features Tony sort of rising up all the water in his damaged Iron Man suit, and you see uh, about six or seven, I think, armors flying up all the water behind him. You can check all of these out, of course, on Marvel.com. And even more Iron Man 3 news, late last week on Friday, I believe, so after our last This Week in Marvel podcast, we've released four new photos from the film, including one that's a cool behind-the-scenes shot showing director Shane Black on set with Robert Downey Jr. We got another look at Aldrich Killian, Guy Pierce's Aldrich Killian, and Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts in a shot together. There was a shot of Tony working at a rather uh, less technologically advanced work table than we are used to seeing him at. I'll say that. And then a uh, fourth shot, which is... Oh, nope, I remember what the fourth shot is. It features Tony and Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Uh, a little worse for wear. So, you can check all those out on Marvel.com. And in one last Iron Man 3 item, I spoke with Robert Downey Jr. I was uh, at a press event sometime before the Super Bowl, so about a month or so ago now. And we got the chance to speak to Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you can read that interview up on Marvel.com right now. We also got a chance to speak with director Shane Black and producer Kevin Feige. And that interview should, if it is not up as you are listening to this, it will be up very shortly because it is going up sometime on Thursday, probably Thursday afternoon. So keep your eye out for that if it is not already posted when we post this. And moving off of Iron Man 3 and into some other corners of the Marvel movie news, we have some casting news for X-Men Days of Future Past, namely Halle Berry is coming back as Storm, which I am very excited about, and we've got Chris Cooper cast as Norman Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Of course, both of these films we have to wait a little while longer for. Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out on... May 2nd, 2014, and X-Men Days of Future Past comes out on, I am fairly certain, July 17th, uh, 2014. 
these movies, I have so many dates rolling around in my head for all of the different movies that sometimes I have trouble keeping them all straight. But I believe that is correct. So we have that to look forward to. And over in some Marvel TV news, we've got some new episodes of Marvel Mashup. Five more this week featuring the Fantastic Four. And next week... We've got some new ones for you, including some Marvel mashup Thor episodes, which are very, very funny, I think. Uh, some, of, some of my favorite Marvel mashups so far. So keep an eye out for those next week. But of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves because this podcast isn't called Next Week in Marvel. It's called This Week in Marvel. You can check out the five new episodes featuring the Fantastic Four now on Marvel.com. And you can also check out a full episode of Ultimate Spider-Man called Not a Toy. It's a season one episode in which Spider-Man accidentally loses Captain America's shield and it kind of accidentally winds up in Dr. Doom's hands. So Spidey and Cap then have to infiltrate the Latvian embassy in New York in order to get that shield back. Because as you can imagine, Captain America kind of partial to that shield and Dr. Doom not someone who should be trusted with shiny, nice toys because he's a bad guy and he will probably break them or use them for some destructive means that are not good. So you can check that out on marvel.com right now. And that pretty much winds up this week in Marvel news for movies and TV. And I want to thank you for listening once more. And I will speak to you again in seven more days. All right. Thank you, Mark. Time for questions and comments. Before we get into them, tweet using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll include them in a future episode. You can also tweet to at AgentM, at BenJMorse, at Blake Garris, and at Stromy. Once again, if you want to contribute to our special Age of Ultron podcast, if you heard the first issue and you have some questions, just tweet with uh, hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAU, and we will shoot those over to the relevant parties. First up is at Wrath Starblade. Aaron tweets, The last bit of Uncanny Avengers blew my mind. Someone with a time machine needs to send me the next several issues. Aaron, we will not send you the next several issues, but... Oh, that was so good. It was really good, and then I went hunting around for the PDF for the next issue, and yeah. it's, it's not Ooh. available yet, and it frustrated me. Ha! Good! I want to know what happens next. Nice. L underscore Comanche tweeted... Who do you hope to see in Lego form when Lego Marvel Superheroes comes out? This is the video game. Anthony's are Cable, Domino, and Cannonball. So basically, X Force, X Force, X Ultra, and that's you know, yeah, that's can't great. Much better than that. I would love to have those characters, the rest of X Force, and all the new warriors, so I can relive uh, the their first team up during the Kings of Pain crossover during those annuals where Proteus came back. Yeah. Except. Nova was still in his kid Nova outfit there, so I don't know. That had the Mignola covers, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Really good. Except, except the New Warriors ain't, because there was three annuals. You had New Mutants, uh-huh. New Warriors, X-Factor, and Uncanny X-Men. All the X-1s had Mignola covers, and then New Warriors was done by Mark Bagley, who's the normal New Warriors artist, which was cool, but it was weird, because if you stack them yeah, all yeah. One next to each other, I'm like, why, why didn't you? I, I don't know if it was done through a different office, or... I don't know. That was back in the Stone Ages. And Tom Brevoort was only a 
associate editor. Yeah, uh, I want definitely. I definitely want Kawa. As I play Lego Lord of the Rings, I think about the applications for different powers and different uh, characters in Lego Marvel superheroes. So I'm very excited. It's going to be a lot of potential for that game. More from Anthony. He says, "Remember in Ellis's Thunderbolts run where American Eagle whooped Bullseye? Ha ah, memories. Where is American Eagle now?" That was in hashtag Bullseye Beatdown. That was oh. a great moment, just because American Eagle, who? Yeah. You know? I remember we did a digital comic with American Eagle yeah. not long after that, and that is the last I recall seeing him. Yeah. So if you go into the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited Archives, look up American Eagle, uh, you can see where he last ended up. Very cool. Another one from El Comanche, he says, Didn't know I live so close to Ungaje. Found out he comes to the store I work at. Hashtag cool dude, hashtag stand up guy, ha- hashtag now you have a stalker. Wait, that wasn't hashtagged. <laughs> uh, we take no responsibility on either side, either for you stalking Ungaje or for the fact that you have to deal with Ungaje. Yeah, I, I feel sorrier for Anthony. I do, I do. Ungaje currently in the 15th year of trying to get his uh, degree. He's working really hard. He, yesterday, was, we were having an email exchange where we were talking about upcoming um, plans for Thunderbolts. Look, Thunderbolts, he's supposed to write something or, like, kicking ideas back and forth. He goes, hey, I'm going to have to get back to you on this. My daughter, Hope Summers. Um, well, she's just named Hope, but obviously named after Hope Summers. Obviously. Um, she just woke up from her nap. I got to go deal with that. And I was outraged by his lack of professionalism. I said... <laughs> choose the baby or this job and he never responded so i assume we wish him the best in his future endeavors nice from at Azrael 1415 brandon newberg do you know where i can find a red cyclops's right t-shirt that looks like the banner seen in uncanny x-men number one uh does this happen yet i, I don't imagine it's an inevitability i don't know brandon but you know what i'll make sure uh we love fine Will uh, knows that there's a, a market for Cyclops was right T-shirts. They have a Magneto was right T-shirt. Seems like they should just do a whole line of was right T-shirts. Yeah, sure. Mo- I want a Modok was right T-shirt. What was he right about? Everything. See, you, you need to. You think, just stop. You it. need to think these through. I man. do. He didn't have like something that he was. Never mind. Moving on. At was go Cameron Williams. What are the odds of getting you guys to do an old time radio style show with a Marvel superhero story? Uh, Getting us to do it, probably pretty long. I don't know if we have time. Getting Blake to do it in his spare time, extremely high. That sounds right up his alley. That'd be fun, actually. Do an old-timey radio show. Do, like, a War of the Worlds thing with, like, Avengers vs. X-Men. I, I feel take like, forever, though. I feel like this something like this was done back in the oh, old, old com days. It definitely was. I'm sure Cerulean Frank Thierry... Did this with like you know maximum carnage or something yeah it, something like that would be cool but the logistics to it are yep. pretty broad you know who does stuff like that jordan white he's oh he yeah to do, uh and i'm sure he would love to do that it's just a matter of time and money and resources and all that yeah. stuff. so tweet blake and bother him about it sure would marvel ever consider hosting a virtual comic-con i'd love a streaming panel with questions asked through twitter it's a very cool forward-thinking idea but we you know we we've been talking about how we use live stream, how we use Google Hangouts, how we use all these different platforms, and it's just a matter of having the resource again, having the resources, the time, the technology, and everything lining up for us to do it. Yes, 
I will say that we will do stuff like this in the future. Yeah, it will, I don't. I wouldn't call it a virtual Comic Con. I just think there are ways that we can bring you guys closer to the action, as we always do. Yep. Uh, and and we will get to that. I just can't give you a definitive time. And we've done you know little teases of stuff like that in the past, like when we launched Avengers versus X Men, and we had the Google Hangout, yep. uh, or even when we did our fiftieth episode from New York Comic Con, and we had it live, and we had people asking questions. Yeah, so, and you know, little bits when we do um, the. The live live blogs yep. for press calls and different things. We're always there pulling in questions from yep. you guys. Sometimes creators stop by. Yep. And of course, anytime we're at a convention and we're doing Marvel Live, you know, it's very fan participatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The convention stuff, San Diego and New York in particular, you will want to be on Twitter, be on our live blogs and contributing because your questions will be answered directly. Yeah. I'm very interested to get your response to this next one. When will we get a digital exclusive of Whimsical Wombat fighting Modak mug to save tacos? Hashtag bestseller. Modak. M-O-D-A-K. I don't know what's going on anymore, but I want it. Uh, what anything is Modak? What is Modak? We'll find out. Anything that has to do with wombats now. That's my. That's, that's a new, new obsession. obsession. Yeah, right. Yelling goats. Guys, I hate that so much. Oh my god, I I, I made my yeah. wife watch it this morning. No. Uh, I loved it so much. I was dying. I came home and told my wife about it after you made me watch it. And she's like, oh, cool, can we watch it? I go, no, it's terrifying. I'm never watching it again. <laughs> and just the other night, she goes, hey, I have to tell you something. I go, what? She goes, I watched The Yelling Ghost there. I was like, what? And she's like, it was fantastic. We should watch it again. I go, yeah. no, we're not watching this again. So now she's seen it. Yes. And she is going to probably try to trick me into watching it Good. in the future. So thanks. For nothing. Terrific. At Dreamy Robot tweets, Uncanny Avengers 4 was cool, but those last pages too intense for words. And people really took to those last pages. Yeah, definitely. We agree, Jeff. Another one from Dreamy Robot, he says, you guys seriously need to release more teasers like the AU teaser. Which one? Yeah. Released a bunch of AU teasers. Get back to us. And last one from Joe, he says, just finished reading Avenging Spider-Man. What do you think lies in Spock's future? What is, who is Spock? What does that mean? a character from Star Trek. What does that mean for? I, I don't know. I think my that just made my brain reboot. It, maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's a maybe it's clever. I don't know. Go see that Star Trek movie this oh, summer. Oh, I get it. Spider Man, Doc Ock. He's oh, turning into Spock. The fans they get they make brilliant. up these names. Oh my goodness. I just, yeah, I didn't. It took us a while. No, actually, someone called uh, Wacker calls him that. Ugh. But what he does is he usually capitalizes S and O, so right, it's a little that easier makes, that makes to. Sense. This is all. Lowercase. Yeah. And I just plugged the Star Trek movie. Tense and grammar reason. means a lot. Yeah. At Immortal Thor 99, Chris Vaughn. Gah! On Skull. Red Slot. Don't matter. It's freaking awesome. See, we get that because the O and the S are capitalized yep. in On Skull. The really R important. and the S in Red Slot capitalized. It make, boom. We it's, got that. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for capitalization yeah. on Twitter. People are just writing all under undercase. I'm sure if Elaine had Twitter, lowercase. she'd probably do that. Oh, look at that. She just burned you. Whatever. You're probably a person who uses L number 8 no. ER and stuff like that. I don't even use LOL. You're not even on Twitter. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, you, I am. What? Yeah. What? No, I don't believe that. All right. Moving quickly along. Uh, at Immortal Thor 99 says, OMG, like Elaine does. Said just finished reading JIM six four nine and the page where the kid is in the bar. The old Thor cartoon from the sixties is on oh, TV. Oh, I loved it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I noticed that That's too. Pretty cool. It's terrific. That's pretty cool. That book is so good. Yeah. 
At Gay Comic Guy tweets, Hmm, not sure what Marvel Comics book I like more this week. Young Avengers, Astonishing X-Men, or Guardians of the Galaxy? It's tough. It was a great week. What does OTG mean? Oh, of the galaxy. Yeah, he just hashtagged Guardians. And Why? Then OTG, I don't know. Weird. It's all right. It's fine. Another one from Gay Comic Guy says, Dear Marvel Comics, can we get more Anole, please? He's one of my favorite Jean Grey school characters. I love Anole. Anole is I'd amazing. like to see more of him. Hell yeah. I'd like to see all those new X-Men kids get some more exposure. The cast is so huge. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's tough. Well, the problem is every time they start a new younger X-Men book, they introduce new characters so that that school is like, I don't know how they have enough instructors like 800 kids yeah, at that they're school. all gonna get killed soon anyway wow. i mean uh wow. yeah it's great chris yost and kirk Powell aren't writing the book anymore they haven't for years yeah but remember they just kill kids they would just week? kill everyone it's terrible uh, they're the recommender of their time oh uh at hw view haywood w this week's twim is uncanny avengers 4 red skull badass stark quapel and three new members wow hashtag horizon labs hashtag this week in marvel uh, and then he corrects two later where he says, whoops, jump the gun. Quapel, Sunfire, Wasp, and Wonder Man isn't for next issue. Too geeked up. So you not read the issue, or he did read the issue and imagine things? I, Or he was getting excited for the issue? It's all I good. Know. I don't know. All good. So he also then says, damn, got burned by Ben in the last episode of This Week in Marvel. I didn't remember what this was. And he told me it was because of the same thing I just criticized Elaine for, because he did the later thing, the eight. <laughs> And I told him he talked like a teenage girl. It's true. And he was like, he was like, told me that. And I go, yeah, all right, now I remember. Unforgivable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, forgiveness denied. Over to J-Man15393. He says, finally got a new character in Avengers Alliance. Got Ms. Marvel. It's not Mrs. Marvel. not what he said. He says, I got Mrs. Marvel. Yeah, Jacob, it is not Mrs. Marvel. Uh, it's Ms. Marvel. And you got Kitty. It's interesting. Uh, oh, is it happening? It's happening. Iron Man 3 trailer. Iron Man 3 trailer. I got a tweet. I got a tweet. I got a tweet. All right, while you do that, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep rolling. So, congratulations on Mrs. Marvel and Kitty. <laughs> that sounds like another great detective show from the '80s, Mrs. Marvel and Kitty, the story of a middle-aged woman married to Mr. Marvel and her cat who solve crimes. This is awesome. This is, this is gonna be so great. While Ryan is tweeting, we're just gonna keep going. At Sergeant underscore Z, Jeremy, love the direction both X Force comics are going. Keep it up, Marvel. Both the X-Force books are excellent right now, and they're really going in divergent directions. Sam Humphreys and Dennis Hopeless are both geniuses, and much more exciting stuff for you coming up, Jeremy. At X-Force Josh, Josh Avery, Guardians of the Galaxy is by far my tome of the week. Just added the series to my pull list at my LCS. Good man, Josh. You are going to enjoy that. It is a great book, and it gets better. It gets huge very fast. The art is fantastic. Uh, at X-Force Josh, Josh Avery. Hey, guys. Can I get a shout-out for my birthday? It's on Tuesday, March 5th. That's today. Today's Tuesday, March 5th. <gasps> Happy birthday, Josh Happy Avery. Birthday. Go watch the Iron Man 3 trailer. Happy birthday. He didn't, he didn't ask for one from you, Elaine. Yeah. He said, hey, guy, I'm hey guys. Here. I'm still here. That's your rationale. All right, fair enough. Oh, my goodness. There was someone who, at 12.02, <laughs> tweeted me, hey, he, where's the new Iron Man beat, 3 trailer? Did he beat you to it? <laughs> but I tweeted it out. It's out there. All right. So, you guys, two days ago, you saw the Iron Man 3 trailer, because this is Thursday now. Yeah, I'm sure you've all watched it a million times. You've cried, you've gifted, gifted, you've shipped it, you've hashtagged it, you've tumbleweeded it, you've Pinterested it, you've goggled it. We need to start a social media service called Tumbleweed. (laughs) No, we don't. Yeah, we do. No, we do not. Where are we? We're with Johnny Timpulse. Pick oh, it up. Flip my, flip, pick it up. Flip Get, my script. Hold get on. To Johnny Tim Pulse. 
All right. Kyle tweets, I love it when Ryan and Ben start randomly talking about wrestling in the middle of a conversation. Priceless. It's true. It is priceless. Funny. I had Chris Sims, who is at the ISB on Twitter. Yep. Who Very is funny guy. From Comics Alliance. He and I became friends because we went to SummerSlam with uh, THQ. We were doing this whole thing with WWE 13. We became, uh, I mean, we knew each other a little bit, but we got to hang out a bit there. And so I invited him to Marvel. Yesterday, we were, I was giving him the tour because he was in town. We stopped by Stephen Wacker's office to talk about Steve's books. Um, and then randomly, the conversation drifted to co- to wrestling, and Steve got vehemently anti-wrestling. He's, Steve is alternately fascinated and appalled by wrestling. Yeah, it's it was so great. Weird. It was hilarious. But yeah, lots of wrestling. You know when we a, love when it. A, when a wrestler visits, Steve is very... Interested in yeah. wrestling. When anyone else visits, he's very yeah. anti-wrestling. What did you think of Old School Raw? Um, I wish there had been a little more old school. I agree. I, I like the look of it, though. The yeah, look the look was cool. The aesthetics were cool, but I was looking over the matches. It's really, it was just, you know, the normal guys fighting. It's, Except they brought out a lot of the older guys. And so my wife... like managers, though. What? They were just managers and stuff. But they were, you know, they, they brought out Dusty yeah. and uh, Sarge Duggan. and Duggan and Flair. whatever. But the Flair. And so my wife, who's just gotten into it in the last year or mm-hmm. so, uh, she's watching it and she's yelling at all, every time one of the old guys gets beat up. She's like, they're just beating on the old men. Yeah, Stop it's true. it. My wife went crazy during the CM Punk promo last night. She just decided suddenly. She's she's never really been a punk fan, and last night just when he he said to the crowd, "None of you have ever accomplished anything." Suddenly she just goes into a giggling fit. She goes, "That's CM Punk. He's such a pistol." <laughs> I mean, what? Who are you? That was great. It was fantastic. A lot of fun. Uh, it was cool to see the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, they look great. They could be tag team champions. Tomorrow. Yeah, it was it was awesome. They, they looked awesome. Yeah, except for Billy Gunn's hair. I don't oh know what's ha- man, I don't know what's he, needs, he needs there. to buzz that down. Just buzz it, dude. Yeah, I did like the no one finish, will think less of you. The finish to the main event uh, as it was happening. Elizabeth was like, cool. "Oh, so this is basically your video game. Your yeah. WWE 13. Like finisher out, finisher out, finisher pin." So we're gonna go to the next one from at Johnny Timpels. He says, "Avengers Arena is so awesome. I wanted to punch it in the face and then set it on fire. Kid Britain is such a jerk. That means he likes it. Agree to everything about." That. Yes, yeah. it's awesome. Another one from Kyle. He says, "Uncanny X Men is so awesome. It's just so a series awesome. of tweets about Uncanny X Men is so awesome. I feel really bad for Emma, the hottest homewrecker ever. That's I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, she's, hope- she's a two-dimensional character. <laughs> Not in terms of her development. Like literally, oh, right. literally, yeah. she's a drawn character on a page. Also, as a happily married man, homewreckers aren't like a cool thing." But that's it. I mean, he can say objectively. She's sure. an attractive woman who ruined a marriage. <laughs> another one, really objective. Another one from Kyle. He says, uh, why is everyone being a jerk to Kid Cyclops? He ain't done anything. Well, not yet. I mean, those memories are so raw that they see his face and they probably don't want to be mean to him. But like someone like Wolverine, who's got a terrible temper, he can't help it. Yeah. Like that just... This stuff just happened, and then suddenly this dude shows up. It's it's tough. Yes. Final one from Kyle. He says, after reading Guardians of the Galaxy point five, I am totally on board. Star-Lord seems like a badass. I would love to read point five. I read point one, which I liked, but <laughs> I would I would be really interested in reading this point five issue. Yeah, maybe we'll get it, we'll get that out. I haven't gotten that in the bundle yet. Yeah. Did we, we ever do point fives? Like, for comics, we did we did uh, zeros, we did negative ones. Point fives at Wizard. Oh, yeah. I was trying to, I was like, that seems familiar. We did it when we worked at another company. Yeah, that happened. All right, getting out of there. At White Wolf 190, Lee White. Any tips for background reading on the characters for Avengers Arena? I'm only familiar with Avengers Academy characters. Well, Runaways, 
for sure. Yep. You want to pick that up. Uh, the Drax limited series. That was where I was going next. Yeah. We'll have uh, Cammy. War of Kings Ascension and War of Kings uh, Darkhawk. Good place to start with Darkhawk's most recent exploits. X-23, her series yep. is great for, for her stuff. All the X-23 books, the yeah. limited series as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that covers most of the rest of new characters. It. Yeah, there's a bunch of new characters. Sentinel. Sentinel. Read the old Sentinel series. Yeah, but if you were reading Avengers... You got, uh, the, you yeah. got the gist. Well, same with X-23. True. She's in Avengers Academy. Yeah. I don't know. Elaine loves Avengers Arena. She'll tell you. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, it's because of something that I don't think I'm allowed to speak about. Oh, wow. Yeah, don't talk about don't it. Talk about I don't it. know what it is, but don't talk about it. I'll tell you later. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. At Jack Ritor, Michael Tempe. Just encountered my first Captain Britain. Yeah, um, short fight. That's in Avengers Alliance. Yes, unless in real life you met Captain Britain. In real life, I think a up. fight against Captain Britain would take even less time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. At Swagpool... Because of this week in Marvel and Avengers Arena, I checked out Battle Royale and love it. It's great. great. That's, that's, what, that's what we're going for. Sure. We're, we're, we're happy to sell other people's products. And randomly, I disagree. Blake is more of a leech than Thor, Cap, or Iron Man. Just this relates to some other tweet in we'll here. i get there. <laughs> You've met Blake, though. Yeah, but he's kind of a nice. he's kind of a leech. Not a leech. It's kind of a, well, no. yeah, because you don't have anything, so he hasn't tried to get it from you yet. <laughs> Just wait till you have something. Let's get back on track. Back Please. to uh... Ref Gemlin. It's the Ref Gemlin show. All right, Take it away. Robert says sixty three point five is a nice return to form, finding a sweet balance between highlighting musical artists whilst sharing fanboy passions. The only thing I don't like about that is it suggests that we went away from form, that we declined at some point. Yeah, I, this looks like it's the Shown episode, which is a fun one. Mm -hmm. Six, is it 63.5? Are we that far away? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think 63. We're only one behind. Yeah. So this was not that one. It's got to be a while. No, but I don't. We'll see. Uh, 63.5 has its most sensor beliefs of the I series so far. Shown well was more recent than 63.5. Yeah, yeah Shown was last week. Yeah, he probably just watched or listened to an old one. Okay. All right. Keeping it family friendly. Uh, nice to hear about friendly local comic shop staff in This Week in Marvel 63.5. Independent stores for the win. At Comic Book Nigel has been really great help for years. Good to hear, Robert. I'll look up the 63.5. Yeah, what is this? talking to. Ugh. Although not a follower of real Deadpool's books, hearing about Deadpool versus Little Women in This Week in Marvel number 70 has made me curious. That's great, Robert. You should definitely check out Deadpool Illustrated. I gave a friend of mine uh, Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe and Deadpool Illustrated uh, this past weekend, and he he saw the he like flipped through and saw the Little Women thing and went crazy. Yeah, it, it's pretty terrific. And last one from Robert, he says, I think the playing cards on the girls' heads in Hawkeye number 8 were just to represent order. No, no I don't think so. I disagree completely, Robert. Yeah. Wrong. Five twin demerits. Yeah. First, you said nice return to form. Then this. It's it's a roller coaster rough, of emotions with Robert. You. At Wolf Knight twenty six, Ryan Putney. Can you guys tell me more about Thunderbolts? It seems like a comic title I could get into. Uh, the short version of Thunderbolts right now is that it is the Red Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross. He has picked a team specifically of characters including the Punisher, Deadpool, Venom, and Elektra, who he thinks are willing to cross certain lines to get things done. He was an Avenger for a while, didn't think they were proactive enough, so now he is taking this group out into the world and doing kind of the dirty missions that guys like the Avengers and the X-Men won't necessarily touch. That is the short version. Going back to Robert, 63.5 was the Texas is the Reason podcast. Ah, okay. When Robert, when you get to... I guess it would be 68 or 69.5. That's with Shown. That has even more sensors. Great. Good stuff. A lot of cursing. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to most about this year's WrestleMania? Going 
Yeah, I mean, just being there, being there at my first WrestleMania, I'm very second. excited. Shut up. Yeah. Whatever. What? <laughs> what? I went to WrestleMania back when it was smaller, though. It was just like, I mean, it was a huge show, but it wasn't like it stadium and stuff. So this is gonna feel like first yeah. WrestleMania for me too. Honestly, I'm I'm excited about the outside of the show stuff, like Access and Hall of Fame and stuff. I'm like very that. excited about Hall of Fame uh, Access. I'll be honest, access I went to during SummerSlam, uh, maybe because it was 9,000 degrees. Yeah, I think it'll be different. Because uh, here, here it'll be 10 degrees. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll be better. And we'll, we'll be going as a... Like a There'll a, be a bunch of a us. A bunch of we, us. We have stuff to do. I think yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be fun. Match-wise, I mean, they've only announced oh. three matches so far, so yeah. I'm going to check back in a few weeks. Punk and Taker. Oh, Punk and Taker would be, be a good. That's going to be a good show. Uh, you know, I was saying to, to my wife, I was like, you know what? If Punk can't be in the main event, mm-hmm. this is the second. This is the best place for him to be because this is the the next highlight match. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, and finally, in your opinion, what makes a good what if story? We've said before. Do we reveal it or do we always kind of play it close to the vest? I feel like we've talked about it before. Good what if story is when it turns horribly wrong. It's very much like a butterfly effect. Like yeah. the one thing goes wrong and everything spirals out of control. And, you know, it ends up with basically the world exploding or turned into lizard people yep. or, or you know, everything is if over. If it's just a subtle change, like I've said, I remember when they got to the end of the What If series, it'd be like little things, like what, that didn't really matter much. It'd be like, you know, what if Gambit had blonde hair or something? Yeah. I don't care. Right. I want to see mass destruction and chaos and yeah. all the things. They did the What If Annihilation a couple of years ago. That was a, that was a good yeah. example. Things just got, went terribly wrong totally or the civil war one too mm-hmm. at its underscore pro tweeted what's happening on utopia last i saw it was shut down and operated by shield at the end of avx and that's what's happening on utopia <laughs> it's shut down and operated by shield yeah i think there was a shot of cyclops like looking over it yeah when he after he'd escaped probably snuck out and yeah but it's bounced. it's it's closed for business yeah Scott McElroy at Dr. Underscore Spidey tweeted, I feel... Here we go. Here's the callback. Right. I feel when Agent M, Ben Morse, and Blake Garris are all on this week in Marvel together, it's like the Holy Avengers trinity of Cap, Thor, and Iron Man appearing on the show. In your opinions, who is who? I responded that... It's not here because I didn't hashtag it, but I said Blake is more like the Hulk because he's completely unreliable and um, usually just destroys things. True. Yes. <laughs> On all counts. Oh, then you guys went back and forth. It, st- it turned into you guys calling each other characters from, like, TV shows and whatnot. Because Blake then called me Forge, which made no sense. Right. And then I, yeah, I don't even remember where it went yeah. from there. It was, it was terrible. But it's... I scored the end. He didn't respond where I just said, Blake is like Blake because no one's worse than Blake. Yes. And that, that was the knockout punch. I want to be uh, Dr. Druid. Can I be Dr. Druid? You can absolutely be Dr. Yes. Druid. <laughs> I will be Hawkeye. <laughs> because I was an archery instructor. That's <laughs> the only thing I know how to do. All right. Because Hawkeye's cool. At Simon Sebs, he says, what is your favorite face and or heel turn in Marvel history? Good question. Yeah, it's tough. Who is... Bishop had was a really, great heel it turn. It was really good, uh, and it was... it. You felt for him, too. He was trying to do right, but he was doing it all wrong. The best long, played-out face turn, I think, was when Claremont wrote Magneto... Mm. into gradually becoming a good guy. I mean, he's gone back and forth a bunch of times, so that initial face turn was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff in Avengers Academy. That's true. Yeah. Worst heel turn, Iron Man during the crossing. He he turned on the Avengers? Killed a bunch of people and then uh, went crazy because King was controlling his mind. Wow. 
Did you never read The Crossing? No. You're lucky. Yeah. I mean, buy The Crossing Omnibus, which is available now. <laughs> we just released it like three months ago. Another one from Simon Williams. He says, have you ever cosplayed? If so, which character? I have not. So like Halloween content? Halloween yeah, does that count? Because you were Nick Fury once. Uh, yeah, been, I've done that a couple times. I've been it's Captain really America easy. and Tony Stark. Emily, uh, do you cosplay? Yes, but not American comics. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about our intern today. All right. What? You go to conventions and stuff? Yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> How did this not come up during your interview? Yeah. Crazy. Um, and another one from Simon. He says, which Marvel character do you think would make a good host for Saturday Night Live? Uh, I don't think... Dead- Beast would be fun. Yeah, Beast would be fun. Deadpool, probably not. Nope. That would not go well. Spider-Man. Spider-Man could be fun. He's- Spider-Man would have fun at, at his own expense. I think Spider-Man would be a Yeah, he'd be like... Choice. Yeah, he'd be good. Um, Wonder Man. Wonder Man would be one of those... See, some of my favorite SNLs are like when Charles Barkley hosts. It's one of those so bad it's good type things. Yeah. So that's why I'd put like, uh, I don't know, Colossus or something. And then just watch the <laughs> watch the horror ensue. Yeah. Hmm. Good just, question. Justin Timberlake. Johnny Storm. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Good pick. There we go. At Secret City Laugh tweets, What did Superior Spider-Man say to Bentley in Avenging Spider-Man? The print was too small, my iPad couldn't render it. You're not supposed to know. It was a whisper. You'll maybe find out in the future. Bum, bum, bum. It was not that you're, the print was too small. The, I mean, the print was deliberately too small, so yes. you couldn't find out. At ASBIV, Stephen Barr. So many great comics described in this week's podcast. Gambit, Hawkeye, Journey into Mystery. I need more dollars for comics. Gambit. I couldn't believe how you... Liked Gambit last week. It's a it's it a black mark upon my soul. It's incredible. Listening to this week in Marvel co- podcast on my way to work. Very excited for Uncanny Avengers, Uncanny X Men, Avenging Spider Man, and Guardian Zero Point One. Well, where do you get to this episode, Stephen? Where you get to Guardian Zero Point Five? I hear that's amazing. <laughs> hey, man, so mean this podcast. At Dirty Lash, just heard Ref Genlin tweet on this week in Marvel. Well done, guys. Hashtag Horizon Labs. But why not a shot of one of us or the real Horizon Labs team? L-O, he's probably going to do L-O-L, but he didn't. He just got to L-O, and he's talking about that dance lot picture. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Another one. To me, a suggestion for This Week in Marvel 75. You should have cake and food and get all the offices in for a massive podcast celebration. <laughs> no one cares but us. <laughs> I do think, I do I do like the idea of a, a guest extravaganza, just having a few editors in here and bring them in for two questions a piece move them in and maybe out maybe we could do that something like that and we have them answer fans questions that have nothing to do with their books oh that would be a great idea yeah like Russian roulette yes oh god spin the wheel make a deal alright at Lex Pendragon tweets if it's Prince Namor who is the king of Atlantis well he was the, he's been the king off and on um, but yeah he was the his book was called Prince Namor when he was the king of Atlantis so maybe he just yeah. really likes the, the word prince yeah you know? Yeah. Let him uh, have it. You have to ask. He's Namor. He can have it. Yes, Stanley or Roy Whatever Thomas or somebody. Yeah. Another one from Lex. He says, so I'm trying to catch up on X-Books, and I see lots of M-shaped scars, tattoos on heroes' right eyes. What's the story? Well, that would be Bishop, Shard, Jamie Madrox, Layla Miller. Malcolm, Malcolm and Randall. Randall. Don't judge us. Uh, <laughs> that is from the future where Bishop is from. That's how they mark when somebody's a mutant. They put an M-scar on their eye. During Messiah Complex, Jamie Madrox and Layla Miller, while traveling through time, trying to do good, got caught in Bishop's future, so they got branded that as well. Yep. 
Another one from Lex <laughs> saying that Agent M shouting my name for saying 616 is awesome and my new incoming text noise. Uh, and he actually had the put effect. the MP3 on, uh, on Twitter. And I listened to it. And you know what? Fine. You have that one. Yeah. That's it. Think Never that had, again. I think that had the opposite effect of okay. what you were trying to do. Oh, no. Another one from Lexi says, Remember I'd asked about that image from This Week in Marvel? Nope. I found it finally. Oh. <laughs> who, are, who are these two and where is it from? I can't I don't... click on this link because it's on a piece of paper. It's not working. Uh, I try to find it? I'll try to find it real quick. And finally, from Lex Pendragon, do I remember correctly they're implying that the new Nova Sam might not be from 616? I'm not even going to answer that question because I'm so irritated and annoyed Wait, at this. There's people saying that he's not from the Marvel Universe? I don't know who they who is, they were implying. He's from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I don't... It's I, just, I mean, we'll answer where, that part. Where would people get that I don't. I don't know who was implying that. Probably the same people who used 616. Who's this? This is Church, from Lex, Lex Pendragon. Pendragon. All right. So I found the picture that Lex was talking about. It was from uh, This Week in Marvel... Uh, cover art um, image, and it is Age of Apocalypse, Colossus, and Cyclops. Yeah, and it's by it looks like Umberto Ramos. Yes, that is Umberto Ramos cover from the Age of Apocalypse ongoing series from early on. Boom, there you go. Question six answered. One six that. Oh, damn it. Six one deep six. Yeah. All right. Thank you to uh, whoever worked on this podcast. Oh, you no, don't want to take any credit. For failing, so you get no credit. Whoever did this Google Doc was it was a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, I only did a few questions. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Blake, Stromy, Ben, and more importantly, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back with more. And remember, this week in Marvel AU for your Age of Ultron podcast, and that will be up next Tuesday. So be on the lookout. This is Marvel, your universe.